Ready? Ready. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's pamphlet time. Cool Hello, movie lovers. You're listening to Does It Hold Up, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to see if they still hold up. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we're going over 1993's Cool Runnings. October 1st. This doesn't feel like an October movie. Not at all. Like, why would you put out Cool Runnings October? Maybe like November 1st? Yeah, I could see it. But October 1st? Like, you're not going to put it out in summer. It's a Winter Olympic movie, but October, it's such a weird time. It was one of the best movies I saw as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember every single one of my friends being like, I love this movie. And I was like, me too. I was seven when this movie came out. So I don't think I saw it in 1993. I probably saw it in 1994, home video. Yeah. And I remember being like, I had so much fun with this movie. I didn't even, I didn't even know what bobsledding was and it didn't even matter. I was so invested. Oh, yeah. And the characters were all fun. I absolutely loved Sanka. I was like, he's the funniest person I've ever seen. That would come to be a complete and utter lie in like a year when I saw other movies. But yeah, it was like such an interesting movie when I saw it for the first time. See, I honestly couldn't tell you when I saw it for the first time, but knowing that it's only like two months younger than me, or sorry, yeah, younger than me. Um, it's just always has been there in my life. So, I know, but like you can still remember the first time you saw it. Honestly, no, it's just, yeah. it, it has been a part of my life every either year or every like couple of years. It's a watch that I have to watch. Really? Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. All right. So this movie did okay for itself. It took in about $69 million domestically worldwide, 155 million. In 1993, it was the 16th ranked movie. And just like last week, what was the number one movie in 1993 when this movie came out? Jurassic Park. Yeah, you're damn right it was. Yeah. (laughs) The only movie we've covered twice on this podcast. I wonder why. Me too. (laughs) Uh, Adjusted for inflation, that 69 million would be about 175.1 million, which would put it in 12th for 2023. Could have been that that was a a big time for sports movies. Uh, Maybe. But here's a question that as I was looking at these numbers, and I think you brought this up like two weeks ago on the pod. What happened to going to the theater to see movies? Every time we do this like adjusted thing lately, a lot of the movies are they would adjust much higher than where they were ranked the year they came out. Showing like movies nowadays, people just don't go. It's because they're going to streaming in a couple of months. People don't have to shell out, you know, 20 bucks, almost a person sometimes, to go see a movie when they can wait a couple of months and see it at home. It's just weird because, like, let's be honest. Adjusted for inflation, it's $175 million. But if they put Cool Runnings out in 2023, first of all, it probably doesn't even get a theatrical release. Yeah. It goes right to Disney+. Plus. 100%. And even if it gets a theatrical release, it takes in, I don't know, $40 million, $40, 50000000 million. I could see that happening. So it's just interesting that like the numbers don't make sense anymore. This is a Disney movie. It does not feel like a Disney movie. I mean, it kind of feels like a Disney movie. It feels like an adult Disney movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like what you think of when you think Disney. In 1993, they had three movies in the top 25 grossing movies. They had Aladdin in eighth place. They had this in 16th. Oh, I'm sorry. They had four movies. Sorry. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in the 24th space, but they didn't own Nightmare Before Christmas at the time, but I think they helped distribute it. Mm. And then The Three Musketeers in 25th. Those were the The four. The Three Musketeers. Is that the live action one? Yeah. (laughs) That's the four movies they had in 1993 in the top 25. Because this is basically a cartoon live action. Uh. No, come on. These characters are so, like, overdone. They're so over the top. Fair. The premise is over the top. The It gives me real Disney Channel original. Yes. It's Disney Channel original before Disney Channel original movies existed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or but, like a cartoon. But it's yeah. also better acted and better quality. Is it? 
It is. Is it? it okay. Is. Okay. I don't know about that. How many Disney Channel original movies have you watched? You seen Brink? Yes. Brink is amazing. You seen Xenon? No. Girl of the 21st Century? Amazing. You seen Smart House? Brilliant. Yes. You seen Luck of the Irish? Amazing. <laughs> you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah. Those are the older ones. Now, not so I don't much. care about now. I don't watch Disney crap now. <laughs> All right. So this movie was directed by John Turtletaub. You recognize the name? It, We've talked I, about him before. I do. I can't remember from what. Well, not on the pod. We haven't talked about him on the pod before. Oh. But we've talked about him before as a director. Okay. The Meg. Oh. The first one, not the second one. Oh. Which is fine, because yeah. I like the first one way more than I it like the second one. It is much better than the first one. Sorcerer's second. Apprentice. You ever seen that one with Nick Cage and Jay Baruchel? Uh, I love this movie. I don't think so. Oh, it's it's so good. Jay Baruchel wants to be a sorcerer, and Nick Cage is a sorcerer, so he teaches him stuff. Like, it, it's so vaguely in my head that I it makes me think I just heard about it and not watched it. Interesting. All right. Well, you were sleeping. Okay. I know you know you've never seen it, but you know it. I do. Three Ninjas... The kids that are all ninjas. You Never, ever seen that one? No. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, you got to watch it. I don't even know what that is. It's about three kids whose grandpa trains them to like be ninjas. Like they know karate and stuff. Sure. And then he gets kidnapped and they go save him. Oh. And it's freaking amazing. When I was little, I looked like the chubby one. <laughs> like literally looked almost exactly like him. Tum Tum. That was his, his, that was his, his ninja name. His name would be Tum. Oh, Tum Tum. That's his ninja name, Tum Tum. Oh, that's a terrible ninja name. Why? It's a perfect like it's, ninja name. I feel name. like he's just making fun of the fact that he's That thicker. he's chunky? Yeah. He's a thick boy, yeah. Uh, and then here's two other movies that I know you absolutely love. John Turtletop also did National Treasure 1 and 2. I do love them so much. This dude has some good movies under his belt. Yeah. Not sure this is one of them. <gasps> We're going to talk about Ooh. it. We're going to oh, talk about it. Th- them fighting words. You want to hear about these writers, though? Because you might like them as well. Sure. So Lynn Seifert was one of the writers. She also was one of the story by credits. She only ever wrote two movies. This and 1998's Cousin Betty. Meh. I was going to say never heard of it. What a meh movie. Has some big actors in it, but it's not a great movie and it's not a great script. Hmm. That's it. So like, that's it. You got these two movies? Weak. (laughs) Weak. But here's the two I wanted to talk about. Tommy Swerdlow and Michael Goldberg were the other two writers on this. Okay. They were kind of like a team. They worked on a lot of things together. Here is the three things that they worked on together. And you, I think, like two of them. Bushwhacked, starring Daniel Stern. Not the, one of the ones that you would know. No. Pretty good movie, though. You know Daniel Stern. He's the tall thief in Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Little Giants. You ever seen that one? I don't remember. About the girl who wants to play football? Oh, then yes. Okay. And she, like fakes being a boy makes the team but then get gets kicked off so she creates her own team no oh i've seen a different movie where a girl wants to play you saw the one starring um the chick from aquila and the bee yeah i don't remember her name she's awful yeah she's not a great actress she was just in nope yeah god what is her name i can't think of it she's bad though everybody wants her to be like rogue in the new x-men and it's like stop it she's a bad actress she's so bad i don't know what doesn't even matter what her name is. I, can't, I don't <laughs> care to know it or else I'd look it up. All right, here's the one you know then. I okay. thought maybe you knew Little Giants. Here's the one you know mm-hmm. and you love. You watch it all the time. Oh. Snow Dogs. Oh, I do love that movie so much. They both wrote that one too. That's such a terrible movie and I love it. Kind of makes sense though because it's like this movie. This it's movie. got the same feel to it. Eh. The same like jokiness. A little bit. This one I think is, is more lovable. Okay. Uh, but Tom Swerdlow one of the two, went on to write a couple more things. He wrote The Grinch, 2018, the animated one. Eh, okay. It it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Uh, A movie I absolutely loved from last year that we watched and fell in love with immediately, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Ooh, yeah. That movie is spectacular. If you've never seen it, watch it. I watched that one before I watched the original Puss in Boots, and it actually got me to watch the original Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Probably one of my top five movies of 2022. Easily. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Cinema score for this movie was an A. It's a, it, it was exactly what it said on the tin. You know? Cool Runnings. Yep. You got Cool Runnings. The, there you the go. The bobsled is called Cool Runnings and you got it. There you go. Done. Rotten Tomato Critics score have it at a 76%, where audience has it at an 81%. 
we know those aren't the real numbers. The real numbers are critics have it at a 6.1 out of 10 and audience an 8 out of 10. Wow. So audiences definitely love this movie more. And that's probably why we're going to get some of your thoughts on this movie. Yeah, we definitely are. Roger, however, gave it a two and a half star. Okay, that makes sense. The quote I grabbed from him is, It's not a bad movie. In fact, it's surprisingly entertaining, with a nice sweetness in place of the manic determination of the average sports picture. If you like underdog movies, you might like this one, especially if you haven't seen very many. Yeah, nope. That's very concise, because... As a child watching this, having not watched a lot of movies up to mm-hmm. that point, you fall in love with this one. Yeah. Because it is, like, it's baby's first sports movie. Yeah. It, it's about that, like, overcoming the odds and becoming great, but they do it in a fun Disney-esque way. And everyone's overly sweet. Yep. And overly likable. So, no, that makes perfect sense. I can understand why he gave it two and a half. I can maybe now understand why I will like this movie more, because I still haven't watched that many sports movies. <laughs> So it's still low on that list. It's still, it's still low. So one of the things that we got to talk about up front here. Okay. So this movie's based on a true story. And I'm doing hard ass air quotes over here based on true story. Tell me you have the true story because I never bother to even look it up because I don't want my heart crushed. Of course I have the true story because I do research for this pod. Come on. Now do I, do? will I get my heart crushed? Oh Yeah. This movie's like 1% real. Oh, no. That's it. This movie is so fabricated. Oh, no. All right. So here's the true story of the first ever Jamaican bobsled team. George Fitch, who was the mayor of a small town in Virginia called Warrington. Okay. Was a, an ambassador, right? He was visiting Jamaica for a wedding when he came up with the idea that Jamaican sprinters probably should do other sports that require running besides just sprinting. So he actually spoke to the Jamaican military about creating a bobsled team and told them, Jamaica has great athletes. You guys should be in more sports than the ones you're in. And they were like, oh, that is pretty good. So he started recruiting people and he recruited four guys. The first two were Mike White and Devin Harris. Okay. Not the names of any of the characters in this movie. Nope. Then they, those were two military men. Then they added a helicopter pilot named Dudley Stokes. Okay. And then they got his brother, Dudley's brother, Nelson Stokes. So still none of the names. That no, we none of the names. We'll go over the names later. So that then they have their team. The Olympic Committee did try to disqualify this team at every possible turn, but they received help from various supporters like Prince Albert of Monaco. <laughs> the Prince of Monaco was like, don't disqualify them. Let them go. So it wasn't like, so yes, they tried to get, it wasn't the coach going in and being like, give my guys a shot. None of that happened. (laughs) Um, They actually sold shirts while they were in Calgary to raise money so they could buy a used bobsled, not from the Americans as depicted in the movie, from the Canadians. Oh, okay. But this was a, this was a U.S. made movie. So of course they're going to make it. The Americans help them. Of course. They did crash. Here's here's the 1% truth. They did crash in the ninth corner of their Olympic run. And then they pushed the sled across the finish line. They didn't carry it. They didn't it. carry it. And all they did was say thank you to some people, shake hands, and they left. There was no big applause. There was no nothing. You didn't get the Swiss team? No. Being the one to start the slow clap? No. And George Fitch, who was the guy who put it all together, actually financed all of their training. And then they had to raise money to buy the bobsled outside of that. But they didn't have to sell a car and do all this other stuff. Was there a coach named Irv? No. (gasps) There was not. He who cheated in a previous game? No, there was not. So in 1988, they were disqualified for not finishing. You know? Yeah. You crashed. You're you're out. But here's where the movie also is wrong. They didn't just have a four-man team. Dudley and Michael White were a two-man team. They participated in the two-man bobsled. Huh. They actually came in 30th that year. Why they didn't put this in the movie, I don't know. Too much time. We're, we're going to get there because there's a lot of wasted time in this movie. Then they did return in 1992, like it says at the end of the movie, and they came in 25th in the four-man. Mm-hmm. There's 50 teams. So they, they were middle. Yeah. Great. And in 1992, they formed two two-man teams, which came in 35th 
and 36, respectively. <laughs> the two teams were newcomer to the to the proceedings. Ricky McIntosh and Devin Harris were the 35th team. And the brothers, Nelson and Dudley Stokes, came in 36th. Nothing I just said, other than they crashed in the ninth corner, has anything to do with this movie. Yeah, this is, this is kind of that loosely based... It's not even loosely based. Like, Disney just made a movie about a Jamaican bobsled team, and we're like, um, it's the first. We made it in 1988, so they're the first ones, yay. Good job. Yeah, that's the basis of whatever. <laughs> Ridiculous. No wonder that they didn't put any, like, pictures of the real people at the end. Yeah, because they couldn't. Wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Start talking about the movie. Okay. Cool Runnings. The music is bopping. The entire time. It's Hans Zimmer. What do you expect? He's the composer. I should have known. I should honestly just look it up every time because it's most likely Zimmer. There's like five people that it's most likely. Yeah. You know, it's Michael Giacchino, Hans Zimmer, uh, John Williams, or Danny Elfman. (laughs) Like I honestly have one of the songs stuck in my head right now. The Rise Above It song. Oh, that's such a good song. It's just stuck in my head. Yeah. And it's so upbeat. And it makes me want to be upbeat for an upbeat story. I mean, the song is definitely upbeat. I, I don't know about the rest of that. <laughs> yeah, the music the music's really good. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the setup. I like I appreciate how fast it moves through everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how we get to everywhere. You don't like that junior trips? Well, we start with, uh, what's his name? Doris. Like running and he's waiting for kids to hold up a banner so he can fake run through it. But then he just continues running. Yeah. And it's like, what is the point? That's not a great character. Intro- we just did a movie, Hunger Games, not Hunger Games. What mo- uh, 10 Things I Hate About You yeah. last week. And we talked about character setups and how they were all great. This movie's character setups suck. I honestly disagree. Except for one. I put great intro to all the characters except for one sanka yes he is perfect in all ways yeah but everybody else like i know nothing about darice other than he runs i don't know his determination i don't i know nothing i think we we get from his determination the fact that number one he's running all over the place and that we see him go on another run later but that's not a character introduction that's later we're talking about the minute we meet somebody do we know them his first thing is running. He's oh, great. He runs. Compete. I know nothing else about him. Then we meet Sanka. <laughs> in his push cart. In his push cart. And he talks about how he's the best push cart racer. And the kids are laughing with him and stuff. And he's telling jokes. Like, this is a good character introduction. Oh, yeah. I know everything I need to know about him in this moment. I love his moment, too. Of like, why are you laughing? Get back to work. Sanka, Sanka, yay, Sanka! <laughs> Get back to work. So great. He's great. He He's... can I can I give him my MVP right now? Yeah, sure. Honestly, he is my MVP. He makes this movie even work slightly. Okay. Because he adds so much humor to it. He kind of cuts in that like over the top sweetness with a, a humor and even some serious moments too. Yeah, he gets some good serious moments as well, which is surprising for this type of character. Then we meet No, then we just go to the race. Yeah. And they get tripped, like you said. We get Junior Bevel, Trips, Darice Bannock, and Yule Brenner. Yep. And that was like their qualifying for the Olympics race. And now they're out and they're done. And now they're going to go start a bobsled team. Couple couple notes here. Mm-hmm. I hate Junior Bevel. I think the character's freaking awful. He is rather awful. And he, I, you don't ever like him. No matter what he does, I never like him. And I don't think the actor is all that good. The actor's not great. Um, I have moments where I sympathize with him, but I kind of agree. I don't necessarily ever like him. And I also never like Yul Brenner. I do like Yul Brenner. I like him. I, I should say, I should rephrase that. I like him one time. Hmm. It's when they're at the bar and he's Junior's junior. being picked on. So he takes him into the bathroom and he's like, tell me what you see. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. That's one part of the movie I like him. That is where I start to really like him. Like, I don't like him at the beginning, and I grow to like him Because I don't think you're supposed on. to. Exactly. He's, he's the only character in this movie that has any type of growth. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. Him and Junior have growth. I just don't like Junior's growth. Yeah. 
You do get some good moments from him, but it's still like, I don't like you. Yeah. But it's sad when the two lesser characters of our main group are the only ones that get growth. Yeah. I mean, they needed something because otherwise they're just nobodies in the background. Yeah, but no, I get that. But you should still have your main people have growth. Sanka doesn't have growth. Darice doesn't have growth. Irv doesn't have growth. None of these people. Yeah. So, Darice Bannock, who's the runner, our main character, is played by Leon. Mm-hmm. Leon. That's it. He is one name. Do I we... don't know if he deserves the one name. Yeah, that's kind of... Like, Madonna earned her one name. Yeah. Cher earned her one name. Yeah. What the hell did Leon do to get one name? Every time you say that, I keep thinking Leon the Professional, but that's not it. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'd rather have watched that. <laughs> um, No, I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought to he was pretty extent. good, although his smile was is always weird. Do we like one name people like Madonna? You like Madonna? I mean, it's, yeah. You it's like easy Cher? to remember. You like Cher? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I don't care about the name. I'm asking, do you like Madonna? The person, oh, the music. I, I don't know much about her. You like Cher's music? No, not really. You, you like Bono's music with U2? Eh. U2 sucks. Come at me. I don't care. U2 is one of the worst bands ever to be famous. I don't really know much of U2 either. I think there's like one or two songs that I know and that's like it. I never liked U2. And then a couple of years ago when they put out a new album and it automatically downloaded to my Apple phone. Yeah. That pushed me over the edge where I was like. Everyone hated it. Yeah. Dumbest thing they've ever done. How dare you? Yeah. I just don't understand why he only has one name. He's not a good actor either. No. He was probably one of the weakest on this cast. Then we have Sanka is played by Dougie Doug. We all know my thoughts on Sanka. He was a comedian, but also an actor. He knew. He knew his role. Yeah. He was perfect for it. Yeah, he understood the assignment. Uh, Junior Bevel is played by Raleigh D. Lewis. He's been in some stuff since, but... Definitely the weakest on the, the cast. Okay. He's one below Leon. And then Ewell, Bre- Ewell Brenner is played by Malik Yoba. If we're ranking them, he if... is third from the bottom. So, a couple notes here. One... Why did they name him Ewell Brenner? Did they think that was funny? Because that is the name of a very famous white actor from like the 40s. Oh. Ewell Brenner. Did not know that. It's literally Y-U-L-B-R-Y-N-N-E-R. This character is exactly the same except the Y is an E. And they pronounce it exactly the same. Huh. I did not know that. Who was that joke for? The fact that he wants to be not Jamaican anymore? Maybe His that- parents named him. It's not like they knew he didn't want to be Jamaican or whatever, leave the island. Sure. I just don't know who that joke was for, to name him Ewell Brenner. I honestly don't know if they even remembered. He's one of like the most famous actors of all time. He was in The King and I. People, uh, anybody who works in the industry knows him. That's fair. All right, so you were talking about weak, weakest of the group. So I actually have these questions coming later, but we'll just do them now. Yeah. Who is the, sh- oh, let's talk, talk about one more person before, yes. we, before we get into this. Irv. The Sled God is played by John Candy. Yes. Fucking brilliant. Amazing. He's brilliant in everything he does. He's so fucking funny. He's so good. I believe everything he does. Yes. He made this character work. And this is a not supposed to be likable character at the beginning. And like kind of despisable in the middle. But I love him all throughout. He's so funny. He's so witty. And he just works well with the rest of the cast. Yeah, he has slight growth mm-hmm. as a character. I, I wouldn't say it's good growth, but he has slight growth. All right, so that's everybody. Here's the questions. Mm-hmm. Who is the strongest of the group? Sanka. As an actor, as like the person you like, as the character, as the actor, as they're the strongest piece of the group. You know what? I was I was going to say Sanka, but it, it is Irv. Okay. It is John Candy. I agree. Um, Sanka is a very close second. Yes. But I think John Candy with name value mm-hmm. of an actor, plus just comedic timing and presence. Yeah. And the character's just interesting, more interesting than a lot of these other guys. True. Definitely, he has to be my number one. Yeah. All right. So if he's number one and Sanka's number two, who is the weakest link of these guys? Junior Bevel. Raleigh D. Lewis as yeah. Junior Bevel. I don't know. I agree and disagree. I think it's a tie. Okay. Between all three of them. I thought Yule was a little better. Eh. All right, I'll give you that. Yule's a little brother. Little brother. Little better. <laughs> so it's definitely Leon and Raleigh D. Lewis. They tie for me. 
Okay. I think I they're both weak as hell. It's good because like Junior is in the background. He's not a focus, which is why am I, I'm actually going to say Leon as Darius Darius Bannock is the weakest because he's our focus yeah. and I do not give a shit. That's fair. I feel like they gave the other uh, people a storyline because they realized how weak he was. They trip, they fall. Darius realizes I can get a bobsled team because reasons. Because he has to go to the Olympics, but doesn't care what Olympics he goes to. I know, but how lucky for him that his dad, his, the mayor of the town or whoever the hell he is, has a picture of him and his dad, his dad with some other guy who was like, hey, you're a great runner. We should make a bobsled team with you. Like, how And that guy lucky. is still on the island and like, you can go and talk to him. He hasn't yeah. died. He hasn't moved. Yeah. Convenient luck. I don't like the actual version the the story that you you told me but this one seems so far-fetched oh it's it's unbelievably far-fetched but they go so him and sanka go to find irv and this is where we first get the mention of sled god which is what sanka will call him throughout the rest of the movie greetings sled god i love that he calls him that i think it's one of the funniest running gags in this whole movie it's so good it's just i don't know it just makes sense because Sanka's not even really into doing this bobsled th- thing, but he just goes with it. After Doris does his whole little thing of, you know, trying to get him to come and... Let me tell you a little something, all right? When you need something from me, you don't have to hand me a bunch of lines. All you have to do is look at me in the eye and say, Sanka, you are my best friend. We've been through a whole heap together, and I really, really need you. Sanka, you're right. And you are my best friend. We've been through a whole lot together. Heap, heap. Sorry, man. Go heap together. And I really, really need you. And I really, really need you. Forget it. No. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. All right, fine. I'll do it. Um, We do get a funny moment right before they go find Irv where Sanka's looking at the book and he realizes bobsledding takes place on ice. And I love when he's just like, You mean winter as in ice? Baby. You mean winters and igloos and Eskimos and penguins and ice? Sanka should have been the main character. Really? Honestly. He has the best lines. Probably all the lines that I think of when I think of this movie are probably from him. Probably. He also just has a much better presence. Yeah. He has that it factor of like you want to watch him Mm -hmm. more than anybody else in this movie outside John Candy. Yeah. You just wouldn't picture him as a top tier athlete. So. No. But he finally agrees because they're like, we'll never stop asking you. So you might as well just train us. Yeah. And it's like, sure, I, I guess. He also if- gets the whole, well, your dad could run the 110 flat. Yeah. Well, I run it in nine, nine. Plus, it shouldn't matter who your dad is. It really shouldn't. But, you know, breeding has something to do with athletics. Yeah. I'm also shocked. So later in the movie, we find out that his dad won an Olympic medal. Yeah. He should just automatically, if he's running, they probably should have just made him part of the team, knowing how fast he is. Yeah, but he's still got to try out. I no, think you it, don't. I think it's kind of lame that they got pulled from, like, they didn't have a chance to go back. I hate that. I'm sure it's how it is in real life. But knowing that someone else tripped you, I feel I mean, like, that's, it's part of it. I feel like it should be a best two out of three kind of situation. But tell that to, like, Michael Phelps. You think Michael Phelps has to like audition to go back to the Olympics. No, Michael Phelps just says, I'm going to go to the Olympics. And they're like, okay, you're still posting the same times. Okay. Right. Like I feel like that one race to get them to go to the Olympics is the dumbest thing ever. They would definitely have qualifiers and trials and all this stuff. And then they would probably just take who are the fastest runners based on time. Not Mm -hmm. who won this one race. Yeah. If they have to do like, no, that's just qualifiers. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. It's just, it's dumb. But after he agrees, they have auditions. Nobody, everybody leaves. They all show up to find out how they can get to the Olympics. Once they find out it's bobsledding, everybody leaves except for Junior and Yule. And so they form a team. This is a knit of mine. Is we'll save it for the knits or do you want to do it now? I mean, we, we can save it, I guess. Yeah, save it, save it. Okay. So they're going to make a team. We're going to go into a montage. But right before that, we get a great moment between John Candy and Sanka. When John Candy is telling everybody what position they're going to be in, in the bobsled. And Sanka's like, I'm the driver. And Irv's like, no, you're not. You're the brake man. But I'm the driver. You don't understand. 
I am Senka Coffee. I'm the best push car driver in all of Jamaica. I must drive. Do you dig where I'm coming from? It's such a great moment for Dougie Doug as an actor to like stand his ground and list these accomplishments. But then you see why John Candy's the the man. Because when he goes, Yeah, I dig where you're coming from. Good. Now dig where I'm coming from. I'm coming from two gold medals. I'm coming from nine world records in both the two and four man events. I'm coming from 10 years of intense competition with the best athletes in the world. That's a hell of a place to be coming from. And not only that, but let me tell you why you're not going to be the front man. Yeah. You see, Sanka, the driver has to work harder than anyone. He's the first to show up and the last to leave. When his teammates are all out drinking beer, he's up in his room studying pictures of turns. You see, a driver must remain focused 100% at all times. Not only is he responsible for knowing every inch of every course he races, he's also responsible for the lives of the other three people in his sled. What a moment. It is such a great moment. It's such a great, such a great moment. And that's it. Then we get a training montage, which is kind of funny. What's your favorite part of the training montage? Oh. There's only one answer. <laughs> Them constantly falling over the, the cart. Oh, no way. It's the ice cream truck. Oh, yes. It's when they got to get used to the cold. Yeah. His uh, hair down. Yeah. Where he breaks one of his dreads. I also love them pushing the Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yeah. With Candy driving it. Yeah. yeah. It's here in the push start. It's so, it's a good train. I'm a sucker for montages. I love montages. I love being able to further the story along with like really quick beats to like get them from bad to good. It gets me every time. I love this that is we a good get one. multiple montages in this I was going to say, because this initial montage is just to get them from terrible to they okay. can do it. <laughs> yeah. They don't do it well, but the fact is they can do it now. Yeah. And then we get more montages of like, now they're better. Now they're good. Now they're... I appreciate that they don't immediately get it. That they're constantly failing. Yeah. To show how hard the sport actually is. It's not just... Hey, you're a runner. You can immediately do this thing. Well, I mean, that's that's every movie, though. Every montage, they start out terrible and have to get better. Yeah, but a lot up. of movies decide to make them really good in one montage. This took mm. at least two. <laughs> two. Two whole montages. So that, that's it. Then they're like, oh, good. We're a bobsled team. We got to get money to go to Canada to do it. Let's montage. Let's montage get getting money. Food. And this is where we get the song that you uh, sang earlier. I love it. You know they can't believe Jamaica we have a bobsled team. No people say you know they can't believe Jamaica we have a bobsled team. Here's my here's my big issue with this whole part. So all they have to do is get the money to go to Canada. Uh-huh. So you're telling me I can just show up to an Olympic trial with no other qualifications and they'll just and it's not even an Olympic trial as in like to get to earn the right to go to the Olympics, they're at the Olympics. They didn't have to qualify to get there. They didn't have to like prove that they could do it. They literally just show up, sign paperwork, and there you go. You're in the Olympics. You get to attempt it. And then if you succeed the trials, you can go into the actual Olympics. I mean, I was only two when this Olympic happened. So maybe that's how it used to be. Yeah. It just seems dumb as hell. But they do. They go, they, they get the money and they go to Calgary and they don't even have a sled. And that's when they got to buy one from the American team. Yeah. How do you manage that? Where were they going to get a sled? Yeah. Just especially because he goes to the Americans who have issues with him. Well, two of them. Yeah. Oh, most of them should. I mean, the one he buys a thing from doesn't. Yeah. The, the guy he buys a sled from doesn't give a crap. But yeah, so they have to go buy a sled and then they go run and you get the whole typical, you're an outsider. You're There's no way you can do this. Blah, 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 blah. God damn, this is so cliche. Oh, yeah. It's especially when it comes to like the Swiss team and how just egregious their like bullying tactics are. And it's like, this seems uh, a bit extreme. So the Swiss team being a bunch of assholes. Why does Doris even like them? Because they're good. So what? what? They do. They're assholes. Because Doris has to win and it looks like they can win. So I'm going to replicate what they do because they seem like they're the best. It's It's so dumb. So they go through the trials, they crash, everybody laughs at them, then they get better, they go through the trials again, but this time they gotta be even faster because the Olympic Committee keeps trying to screw them over so they can't qualify because they're an embarrassment. They're like falling down while trying to push the cart, they're letting the cart go by itself, they're an embarrassment. Yeah. 
this is why it's impossible for me to believe that they just showed up and tried to compete. Yeah, like you once again, like they talk about you've never seen ice, basically. Yeah. There's this wouldn't happen. Yeah. They wouldn't even be good. No. Because being on ice is definitely a learned skill and you're not going to learn it in like a day. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. even know how long they were there for the trials. Uh less than a week. A week max. Yeah. And you're not gonna learn it. You're not gonna and learn you to run on ice. somehow got competitive yeah. in this sport. It's very unbelievable, but I still like it. Eh, I mean, it's okay. I'm here for the ride. I do like when they're training on the ice, though, when they're wearing the booties and they're training to walk on the ice. Yeah. And they're just, like, falling constantly. But I absolutely love when John Candy's like, gotta get off the ice before practice starts. What practice? And they're all scrambling, except for Yule, who's just standing there. And Skater comes up to him and he just checks him, sends him to the ice. And he's like, yeah, take that. And as he's walking away, he eats it. Like the first step. Oh, it's so good. It's funny. It's that whole scene is funny too because you have Junior climbing up Yule. Yeah. And it's just like, hey guys, look at my progress. And he's holding <laughs> on to Yule's thing and he's just sliding along. This is the kind of comedy that I really appreciate about this movie is physical the, comedy. The physical comedy and the like kind of camaraderie between the characters. Yeah. I felt like they actually had good chemistry between themselves. And so moments that they could kind of work off each other were better. They were good actors when they just had to interact with each other. But the minute they actually had to act, that's when it kind of fell apart for me. Yeah. All right. So they practice. They get good. They they paint their sled. Put the word Jamaica on it. They paint it all black. Flag. Everything. Because they've qualified. Are we serious with this painting of the sled bullshit? Well, you gotta have Dude, your that, sled. Dude, that, that sled was falling apart. It had tape all over it. And somehow Once they you made paint it look it, good. It's like brand new. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you just paint it, make it look as nice as possible, but still give it those imperfections so that it's even more impressive when they actually use it to succeed? Not only that, but it would explain it better too when it does ultimately fail. Correct. Yeah, it's just weird. What also is weird is when Darice is emulating the swiss he mm. goes to watch one of their runs and he's like oh they're so smooth eins weiss dry whatever bullshit and, and slapping all their helmets yeah. of their teammates yeah and so he takes it back to his team and starts doing it and they're all like what the is wrong with you mm-hmm. we're not the swiss so they they qualify they're gonna run here's the biggest problem the olympic committee changed the rules again as you were told, your team must compete in the international race in order to qualify for the Olympics. But in an Olympic year, the qualifiers count as an international race. That may have been true in past Olympic years, but this year the Alliance decided to change its policy. And we get the best speech from Irv in this moment. All right, 16 years ago, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I cheated. I was stupid. I embarrassed myself, my family, my teammates, my country, and my coach. If it's revenge you want, take it. Go ahead. Disqualify me. Banish me. Do whatever you want, but do it to me. It was me who let you down, Kurt. It wasn't my guys. They've done everything you've asked of them, and they did it with all of you laughing in their face. Just because you don't like me, because I cheated... However many years ago. 16. Was it 16? I believe so. Because he put weights in the front of his sled. Mm-hmm. Genius. Too bad you got caught. Yeah. But genius. Yeah. Make go, it faster. go faster. So he got his he got his medal stripped away. And one of the guys on the committee was, was one of his former teammates. His coach. Oh, it was his coach? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he's pissed. And that's why he's trying to like screw this team over. And he's like, you can hate me all you want. Banish me. But don't take it out of my guys. Yeah. It's It's good. It's good. I love it. And his whole part of it, too, about, you know, it's the greatest honor for an athlete is getting to wave your flag in the Olympic Games. You know, 16 years, I forgot that. But these guys didn't. They didn't. All they want to do, it doesn't matter if they come in first or 50th. They just want to go out there and represent their country. And they should have that right. They've done everything you've asked. And they haven't bitched yet. And they did it without, with you guys laughing in their faces. Yeah. It's such a good moment. It's probably one of the best moments in the movie simply because of how impactful and how it kind of sums up what's going on in the movie and what's about to happen in the movie. 
Yeah. So he does, and then he, they get a letter saying, you've been reinstated. You're no longer disqualified. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hell yeah, let's do this. And then the team has a talk about like, we're not the Swiss, man. You got to stop pretending we are. Don't smack my helmet. Don't do all this stuff. We ain't them. Yeah. And so they become the Jamaican bobsled team. And they crush it. And they go out and they compete. The problem is their rickety ass sled that they bought for five grand gives out on them. On the second time that they run down. After after being Jamaican, they do one and they do really, really well. And it gets them up into like, what, sixth place? No, Eighth place? I think it's eighth. Yeah. And then the next day it falls apart. And the next, yeah, the next run they're like, they even got in the sled faster. They're posting really good times. They're probably going to move up the leaderboard. They have a chance to medal. And then tragedy strikes. The rickety-ass sled falls apart, loses one of its blades. They eat it, and they eat it hard. This is... Okay. I've held off long enough talking about this. Mm-hmm. John Turtletaub filming the bobsledding. Fucking great. The bobsledding looks amazing in this movie. So one thing that I absolutely love about this too, not only does it look amazing, but it looks rather seamless when they transfer between filming it now and they used archived uh, video. I think only for that final run. Only for the final run? Only for the final run, not throughout the rest of it. It's just that final run where they crashed. No. That that would explain the one little- And it's just archive footage of the crash, not of the rest of the run. Mm. Because they didn't, they couldn't, they weren't going to film the actual crash. So they used archive footage as much as they could, and then they used close-ups of it uh, with stuntmen to get the rest. Yeah, that's the only time that I really see them uh, have a difference between the archive footage and the video, Yeah, is how they end up after. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. It, it, movie magic. But he shoots it so well, he basically GoPros it, he puts a camera on the sled to like see the movement. I love bobsledding. I watch it every time the Winter Olympics is on. It's such an interesting thing of like, hey, you just want to go down this death slide at 80 miles an hour? Sure, let's do it. But the, he shoots it as if like it's you're actually watching it on TV. The way they cut between each one of the corners as they're taking it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It makes it very interesting. Yes, it keeps me entertained and invested in what's happening rather than like, here's the opening, here's a wide shot, and now it's over. He keeps and here's us the engaged. close up of them pretending like they're bobsledding. Yeah, because even when they're in the close ups, like I don't think it's green screen. I don't think. So I either. think they put them in a little bit of a, a hill of some kind, threw a camera on the sled and pushed them down it. Yeah, because it looks that good. It looks real good. It's one of my favorite things about this movie is how good that looks. Yeah. But the second run they go, sled falls apart, nasty crash. The fact that they're not injured blows my mind. Oh, yeah. It's insane how yeah. they did not get injured, probably either in this movie or in real life. They didn't get injured in real life. Not that I could find anyway. They all walked away from it. Yeah. It's tough men. Which is even worse when you see the footage of the actual crash and how they land at the end, because that definitely looks wrong. Right. Like, one of them probably should be dead. Yeah. So they get up, and they don't want help from the EMTs, from the medics. Yeah. They gotta finish they the race. They gotta finish the race. So they pick up their sled, carry it across the finish line. As the Swiss and everyone start a slow clap into a full cheer and everyone's going happy for him. We get to see Junior's dad being like, I have a Jamaican bobsled team shirt, you know, finishing up his little freaking side plot that no yeah, one Yeah, we're going to get into that in a bit. And then everyone's like, we're going to hug and celebrate. Yay. Yeah. And that's it. Literally, then yeah. we get uh, a blurb across the screen saying, they didn't qualify that year, but they gained respect or whatever. They came back four years later, not as, as outsiders, equals. but as equals. Yeah. Cool. Mole Ford. Yeah. Don't forget they had a two-man team that did pretty well. But that's it. That's the end of the movie. It's a nice short 198 minutes. It goes fast. And it, it moves the entire time. There's nothing super long-winded about it. It just goes from set piece to set piece to set piece. It's good. Here's a couple things that we didn't talk about that I just want to do a quick mention of. I love when they crash into the cop car. Yeah. It's just so funny. And the cops are like, who are you? We're the Jamaican bobsled team. And they just start laughing. I wasn't born yesterday. But here's the problem. Why are the cops laughing? Do they know what bobsledding is? Because none of the players, none of the guys who are on the team knew what it was. Yeah, but apparently everyone they talk to to get money from them knows knows what it is. Yeah. Oh, maybe they explain it to them, though. That's fair. 
But the cops just like immediately know it and start laughing. It's a really weird, weird moment. When they first get to Canada, this joke went over my head so much as a kid, but I got it Hmm. and I laughed. They go outside and Sanka's all covered up in all his clothes. Sankaman, what you smoking? I'm not smoking. I'm breathing. How did you get a weed joke in a Disney movie in 1993? It's so sad that I still make that joke whenever I can see my breath in the cold wind. Oh yeah, absolutely. Blew my mind that they got away with a weed joke in a Disney movie because kids are idiots and we didn't understand it at the time. Yep. Um, I love the helmet gag. Sanka can never get his helmet on. And so Irv just constantly has to hit him on the top of the head. Yep. Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. The bar fight. Uh, Yeah, we didn't even talk about that at all. Because, so, halfway through the movie, or a little more than halfway through the movie, Ewell, Sanka, and Junior are at a bar having drinks, and the Swiss are also there. The Swiss start picking on Junior. This is when we get that scene in the bathroom of, like, power, power, all that stuff. And then they start a giant fight with everybody. First of all, that that alone would get every single one of those teams disqualified from the games. Yeah. They would not be competing anymore. It was 1998. 1988. Sorry, 88. I love it. This is one of my dreams in life, and it's the dumbest dream ever, but go with me on this. I have always wanted some of my friends to be in a bar fight when I'm not around. And And then I want to run in like Sanka, jump off of the bar top into a crowd of people and just scream doing it. I absolutely love that. I love that he's off doing his own thing. He's learning the dance. It's so funny. Oh, he's flirting with the woman. Yeah. She's totally into him too. Oh yeah, they switched hats. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he, as soon as his teammates are in trouble, he goes, yippee-ki-yay. Yeah, and he just jumps in. Always wanted to do that. I'm getting up there in years now. I don't know if I got it in me anymore. I got a couple (laughs) years left. So if any of my friends are listening and they want to start a bar fight, let me know. (laughs) We got to take one for the team. Yeah, take one for the team so I can do this. Um, Anything you got that we didn't talk about that you want to touch upon before we go into nits? I honestly find it, it interesting and terrible that this all came about from one dude just desperate to get to the Olympics. Yeah. Not the fact that he wanted to get an Olympic medal of a certain sport that you're like passionate about that sport. No, you're just passionate about Olympics. Which is why the character doesn't work for me. No. Like you have no motivation other than Olympics, but you don't even care what. So why do I care for you? Yeah. Who I'm invested in is Yule yeah. because he has clear motivation. He, his motivation is to get off of the island of Jamaica. He wants to better himself. He wants to better himself. If running was the cause, great. But it doesn't matter what the cause is. He has a goal of bettering himself. It's not about the Olympics. That's just the... Uh, means to the means end. Means to the end, yeah. Where this guy, Doris, that's his everything, is yeah. the Olympics. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, I love that they have some clear character traits and like they... You, keep it going throughout so junior is constantly falling down he's pretty much if someone's falling down while they're pushing or doing anything it's normally starting with junior and i thought that was a really neat thing for them to like are you sure because during all the training it's sanka flipping over the well i know sanka does flip over and he does fall down but a lot of the times it's it it is uh junior all right that's fair um, but I, I like that they paid that much attention to that character, even though he's such a side character, that he had something like that that continued going. I love the friendship between Sanka and Doris. More so on Sanka's part, but... Um, I, I would agree with you if I got any more of it. Okay. We get like three scenes of them talking about how they're friends, mm-hmm. but the rest of the time I don't really see their friendship. This was somehow a better ending with them failing... And, and having to carry the thing across than them actually winning. 100%. Because I think them winning would have just defeated like everything. But oh, yeah. this somehow worked. But they managed to make it not a bad ending. Mm. Like you're not upset leaving the theater watching this movie. All right, let's go into nits. All right, here's my first nit. It's like the first shot of the movie. Okay. So when Doris is going to run through this makeshift finish line with yeah. the kids right at the beginning he places his feet on rocks that he's using as a push-off uh-huh. why how do those rocks stay in place they don't does he have the weakest push-off of all time <laughs> that's a nit like he just no wonder you lost the race you have a weak push-off man 
and yet he probably wouldn't have lost it if Junior didn't. I don't know. Watch that wide shot. I'm pretty sure there's people in front of him. I don't know (laughs) if he's. I don't know if he's winning that race even without falling. Uh, One of the other things right at the beginning: directors, filmmakers, people in general, stop fucking doing this. The very first thing we see, well, maybe the third thing we see in the text on screen is, it says, quote, a John Turtletaub film. Mm -hmm. And then we get all the actors and we get all this stuff. And then we get directed by John Turtletaub. Bitch, it just said it's your film. I don't need your name twice. Stop it. Stop doing it. Stop doing it. Yeah. Um, The kissing booth. When they're trying to raise money. I I don't care that it's a kissing booth. It doesn't bother me. What bothers me is Doris is the one getting all the kisses. Did he forget he has a girlfriend slash wife slash somebody? Oh, yeah. Did the movie forget? No, it set it up just for that one moment. It's so dumb. Mm -hmm. So dumb. I hate it. But also at the same time, I hate it not because he's stupid and forgot who he has at home, but because why is she mad? We don't get any payoff to that. We just get she's mad and says, get over here. We got to talk. We don't see the conversation. We don't know what happened. Nothing. We just get it for a joke payoff. But the problem is she shouldn't be mad. He's trying to raise money to go to the fucking Olympics. Why aren't you next to him kissing dudes to help raise money? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's He's such enjoying a weird, it too much. it's such a weird moment. And I just, I hate everything about it. Yeah. Um, big nitpick. This is so far removed from the true story. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the true story sounds like it could have been a pretty good movie by itself. It would have been more dramatic. It wouldn't have been a comedy. Yeah. But it sounds like a really good movie by itself. I probably would not have watched that. That's all I got. So the moment of them watching the film, like watching the film of what bobsledding is, it's a funny moment, but very unrealistic that you didn't notice everyone in the room leaving. Like, how did they all get up and leave silently while watching this movie? It's a movie. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like, some of them would have had to cross in front of the beam. <laughs> well, not, all, not none of them. They all could have went the other way around. There was people in front of it. So yeah, them having go, to get up. They can go up. to the wall. Yeah, but some of them having to stand up nah. would just be in the way of it. It's a nit. Um, no way that winter shop in Calgary has those kind of clothes. The, the like, crazy pattern. The Jamaica clothes? Yes. Yeah. They don't have winter clothes that look like that. I'm sorry. No one in Canada is wearing that. Why did they think the Swiss sled was theirs? Like, I know this is like a question, but it's a knit. Like, how do you... They didn't. Look at a Swiss... They do. They go around and like look at it and are like, oh, this is so amazing. And then... They're just touching it because they've never seen a sled. Oh, okay. I think they're just admiring the Swiss's sled. I thought they thought that was theirs. No, 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 no. No, (laughs) You misread. They're just admiring it. Okay. Uh, The fake phone call bit... After the coach's great speech and then him giving the phone call saying, hey, you're back in. Hello? Yes? Yeah. Right. Goodbye. What? Oh, it's the Alliance. What did they say? Oh, they said we're back in. <laughs> Him faking them out is so dumb. Yeah, pointless. I hate when movies and people in general do this. It's like, uh, just just don't. So pointless. Let's go into questions. These are all you. You don't have any questions? I honestly don't have any questions. All right, I got a, I got a couple here. Does this movie work without John Candy? Not likely. I think... The movie completely, you put anybody else in that role, I think this movie doesn't work. It really depends on who you get. Well, no, because you need somebody who's out of shape. So like the only other person in 1988 who maybe you give a chance is like a very young Chris Farley, but he's a very young Chris Farley. Mm, He's not old enough to have played this character. That's fair. So John Candy is the only person I think that works in this role. Okay. And he's the only big name actor in this role. So even without him, the movie probably doesn't get made. That's true. Why does Doris want to be the Swiss? I cannot figure it out. He is obsessed with being the best, and he thinks the Swiss are the best. So he's going to emulate it as much as humanly possible but, to be the best. Sure, but there's so many other teams, or I don't know, there's just so many different avenues he could have went. Mm-hmm. I honestly see it as a more realistic thing, because I've actually watched people do this, 
where they they want to be a certain type of person so they act really like that type of person even if it's not who they are yeah but it's just weird this I, isn't the movie for that yeah but You're he also needed Jamaican that he also needed that moment of realizing hey yeah did they you're you're you gotta own being jamaican did, did they need that we're, we're gonna get to that and actually that's literally my next question okay are there too many side stories in this movie because the answer is yes yeah there's it, way too much going on they lose focus on first jamaican bob sled team mm-hmm. i don't give a shit about irv's story like you cheated you got your medals taken away who cares that is only there for uh plot yeah, correct I don't need the side story of Yule wanting to live in Buckingham Palace. I don't need the side story of him and Junior's friendship building. I don't need the side story of Sanka's whatever the hell he's doing. I don't need Doris being in love with the Swiss. Just focus on the story of you guys are the first ever Jamaican bobsled team and don't embarrass your fucking country. I didn't mind them. I like getting these moments with these characters. It shows that they're not just one thing. But once again, they're not the real people. So it didn't need to happen many many side plots yeah it's just i agree there's too many but i wouldn't know which ones exactly to cut I, it's real simple i can tell you the story should have been jamaican bobsled team tries for the olympics the olympic committee committee thinks they're an embarrassment and tries to disqualify them at every turn that's the movie everything outside of that is wasted time it's it's wasted where it's like you could have spent that 20 minutes telling a better jamaican bobsled team story that's fair I hate it. And then my last question, why are Junior and Yule friends? Because he wanted to live in Buckingham Palace and Junior went, I believe you can. No, you sure the shit cannot. You can't live in Buckingham Palace, but you can live in a palace if you work hard enough. It's so dumb. I actually really enjoy that moment. Cut and it. I know it's not like the most necessary moment or the best moment in the world, but I really appreciate that moment. Side story we don't need. Sure. The only reason it exists is so we can get the bar fight later to show them coming together as a team. Don't need it. It's fair. Cut it. Cut it all. I enjoy it, but you know it doesn't have to be there. This is a 45-minute movie that somehow got stretched to 98 minutes. <laughs> what piece of memorabilia you want from this movie? It's one answer. The bobsled? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course you want it. I have nowhere to go with it. Which I one do you bobsled. want? You want the Jamaican one or the Swiss one? The Jamaican one. I want the Swiss one. Ah. It's so much prettier. I mean, the Jamaican one's pretty pretty. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool runnings. Yeah, but then it breaks. You want a broken ass bobsled? Yeah, what am I going to bobsled? I don't know. Why do I need a functional bobsled? There's hills around here. (laughs) (laughs) It snows. Um, You want a miniseries of this? Do you think it could be a miniseries? Do you think we could get like, here's the true story of the 98, the 88 Olympic Jamaican bobsled team? Yeah. Six episodes tell the real story. Oh yeah. I'm surprised it doesn't already exist. Last question. Is Irv a good coach? Because we don't see him do any coaching in this movie. I think he's a great coach. He has to take these people who've never even seen ice and turn them into bobsledders. All off camera. No, some of that we do on camera. We see a lot of the unconventional methods he takes, like pushing the Volkswagen Beetle or having them be in the ice truck to get them. So he's a strength and conditioning coach. He's so. not a bobsled coach. But he also we explained once, how to get, how they get into the yeah, car and that we kind never, of stuff. We never once see him go like, okay, here's how you get in fast. Okay, you're going to push it and you're going to lift your leg up. And yeah, you're but gonna the movie would in. be boring if that was That's called got. coaching. You have to see it at least once if you're going to say he's their coach. Eh, it's implied. The only thing we get is, I don't know, being an ice cream truck because it's a cool gag. It's implied. No. The things that he he's, does. He's and a he turns coach. them competitive. Mm. Uh, he doesn't do anything. They turn themselves competitive. Mm-hmm. We don't ever see him coach. They learned how to do it all on themselves. All he did was stand there with a stopwatch the whole time. He didn't do shit. Terrible coach. He did. We just didn't see Terrible him. coach. You will not change my mind. Terrible mm-hmm. coach. You want to go to awards? Yeah. First up is the Jimmy Dugan Award. Boy, that was some good opinion. For a piss break moment in the movie. I have when Doris is watching the Swiss do their run. Yep. I don't care. It's, it's long so and it's boring as hell. And they make the slow-mo, the action shots too. So it's just like, this looks so boring. Yeah. It's it, what a worthless moment. Yeah. Uh, since you grabbed that one, I'm actually going to go with the bar fight. I just think it takes too long and it's just eh. And I'm not really interested in it. All right. That's fair. 
Next up is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act, the part we call the Prestige. For the biggest WTF moment in the movie. For me, it's every time Senka brings out that lucky egg. Oh my god, I also have the lucky egg as yeah. my Prestige Award. <laughs> There's no explanation to it. No. There's no like backstory of like how he got it or why he has it. Or if it's an actual egg or if it's like wooden or something. Like, like we know nothing about it. It's just there for the one joke where he pulls it out of his pants and tries to make Yule kiss it. Well, not only that, but the moment where Yule actually does kiss it and he wipes it off. Yeah. Like the, they're not funny gags. No. I don't get what they're there for. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I hate the, I hate the lucky egg. Could have done without it. And mm -hmm. I love Sanka. But could have done without it. Yeah. Psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. Mine is when Irv stands up for his guys. Nice. You convinced me earlier. I was I was debating that versus something else. I kind of want to hear what your something else is uh, once you're done talking about nope, this. Nope. Can't. Gotta go uh, with one award. My one award goes to when Irv fights for his guys. You don't you, have... it. You can say it's an honorable nah, mention. No, you convinced me. You convinced me. I'm so curious though. It's the ice cream truck. Nice. It's one of my favorite gags in the whole movie. It's so funny. So while I think yours is the most impactful and I love it so much, the moment that always gets me and I have to watch it, if I don't see this moment wa watching this movie, like if it's in the background, I will rewind to bring this moment back up. And it's during the secondary training montage at Calgary. And it's when, you know, um, Irv is making snowballs to throw at his guys mm. and they all come up and throw snowballs at him. I love that moment so much. It for me shows how much of a, like almost a family they've become and how great of a team they are that they all kind of have the same idea. Cause it's not the first time they run across this bridge next to Irv, mm -hmm. but the one time he's setting up to do snowballs at them, they get him first. Next is the I'll be right back award. I'll be right back. <laughs> and this is for your favorite line in the movie. Mine had to come from a Senka quote. And it's, you know, anytime Doris calls out, Senka, you dead? Yeah, man. Senka, you dead? Yeah, man. I, I love the yeah, man. Just always saying, yes, I'm dead. Yeah. Not no. Yes, I am dead. Yeah, Love it's, it. it's his humor just all in that one little moment. My award comes from a moment when the team is talking and Doris has been all about the Swiss mm -hmm. and smacking their helmets and they're like, dude, we're not the Swiss. Stop that. And we get... And I'm telling you as a friend, if we look Jamaican, walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican... And we show as hell better bobsled Jamaica. That is such an impactful moment. That is that is literally the that should have been the tagline of the movie mm -hmm. right there. That is what this entire movie is about. Or Not at least should be about. Should be about is don't forget who you are. Stay true to who you are and what got you to the show. Mm -hmm. And that's what this whole line is. I feel like a lot of this movie, Doris just does whatever the hell he wants and nobody calls him out on his bullshit. Yeah. And this is the first time they're like, stop being an asshole. We're yeah. done with you. Yeah. And coming from his best friend, yeah. who the goofball of it all, and he has this very serious and impactful moment. Yeah. Like it's you said, so wonderful. he has great jokes, but he also can nail the emotional beat when he has to. Mm -hmm. And this is just such a great beat. And it's like, how this wasn't said... 30 minutes ago in movie time i don't know <laughs> but it's such a good moment yeah next is the han shot first award this is for what held up the least since the movie came out mine for being only 98 minutes one hour and 38 minutes it has way too much shit happening okay yeah way too much stuff where i'm just like there's stretches in this movie that you forget it's a bobsled movie <laughs> you forget it's an olympic movie yeah. you forget everything because it's just focused on all this outside extracurricular nonsense that doesn't need to exist streamline the story yeah mine is following Doris. the decision to have that be our main character because it's not a great acting and it's not a great character to follow at all i cared about pretty much every other character more than i did Doris. now is it a better movie if Doris has yule's motivation yes 
And our last award, as always, is the Paul Rudd Award for what held up the best since this movie came out. The camaraderie between the characters. I I feel them as a teammate. I thought they work really well together, and it's those almost unscripted comedy moments that make me come back to this movie. That's fair. So, I don't know. I need your help on this one. Okay. I'm stuck between two things. Okay. Sanka Mm -hmm. and Irv. Just make it be both. It can't be both. Gotta be one or the other. Then it's probably gonna be Irv. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I give I give Sanka my MVP, but I think Irv is held up the best. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. This is why I'm stuck on this one. I I, I struggled with this one the entire time coming up with my awards because I was like, I want to give it to Irv, mm-hmm. but Irv's a really problematic character. But he, that also makes him more grounded, more real, more relatable. Yeah. But then Sanka is very like tries to see the good in everything, tries to keep everything light and fun, but then also can immediately come back to Earth and make things serious, which is also very relatable and True. connectable. So the relatable characters? Yeah, I don't know. There you I don't go. know. I'm stuck on this one, so I'm gonna be yeah. <laughs> the fact that uh some of the characters well i guess all the characters in some way are relatable mm-hmm. you can you can find yourself in each one of these characters i'm definitely more of a sanka um i've never known a nerve though i can tell you that i've never known a somebody who cheated and got kicked out of the olympics well no <laughs> <laughs> i've also never known anyone to have gone to an olympics so i have oh so yeah i'm good with that we'll go with the relatability about of some of the characters is what held up the best. Cool. All right, final thoughts and decisions? This is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm going to say right now, I think it holds up because it's still a good sports movie. It's got a lot of things happening. You can find faults with it. But at the end of the day, it's a feel-good sports movie. And it does exactly that. It makes you feel good. And it's a sports movie. I think it holds up. So I think this movie has way too much going on, as you know, for my Han Shot First Award. I think the characters aren't likable. They're relatable, but they're not likable. Our protagonist has no clear motivation. Like, there's so much about this movie that just makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to agree with you. I do think this movie holds up. It is a fun sports movie. That gives you a feel-good ending while also giving you the very realistic ending of they don't win. They don't miraculously win. But you still feel good walking away from this. I think it just has a lot more good than bad. Mm -hmm. But that bad is really bad. So it's a slim margin that it's getting your hold up. But it still holds up. Yeah. Good movie. Oh, yeah. So that was it. Thanks for joining us on our talk all about 1993's Cool Runnings. That was bad. Don't don't do that. Don't don't try to be these guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a Christmas classic as we go into that season. We're doing Home Alone. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie in probably a decade. I'm probably going to have a lot to say about it. Yeah, me too. Can't wait to talk about that one. So join us next week to talk about Home Alone. Until then, be good to yourself, be kind to others, and keep watching movies. Bye. Bye.